Hi there, I'm Don Jones, and this is Airtime, a Sky Review podcast from skyreview.us. Runway 13, runway 17, proceed straight out, air below 3000, please take off. Hey, <laughs> the last time I was, uh, I did an episode, I was uh, not a flight instructor yet. Now I am, and I just uh, launched that basically. I've been doing some flight reviews and checkouts and things like that a little bit here and there, and uh, really enjoying it a darn lot, and uh, just kind of unleashed the full, the full force on it, and uh, pretty excited about that. All right, this episode is going to go along with an accompanying article at skyreview.us that uh, I recently wrote to kind of go along with the launch of my full-time flight instructor reality. And the title of the article is, Can You Learn to Fly? Okay, may seem a little larger than life, or, uh, you know, you may be like, ah, I could never do that. Might be surprised. Uh, if you're listening to this, well, you obviously have some kind of inkling about it, so hopefully I can push you over the edge. <laughs> That's all coming up. So basically, this will be kind of a short, uh, but uh, fairly thorough, kind of frequently asked questions address for you if you're a think you might be interested in learning to fly. This is Airtime, a Sky Review podcast. All right. Can you learn to fly? Can you learn to fly? (laughs) The short answer to can you learn to fly is likely yes, because a lot of different kinds of people become pilots. Um, Now, the issue here is that in the movies, you know, in TV series, Hollywood basically makes pilots typically sort of this larger-than-life, suave, I don't know, uber-gifted kind of person, usually male, a little bit untouchable, uh, you know, the right stuff, kind of it factor <laughs> that that, that uh, seems to only apply to certain very special people uh, only once in a blue moon. However, that's Hollywood. The reality is people from all walks of life learn to fly. That's the reality. And there's a commonality between us, exploration and adventure and a sense of wonder when we look up in the sky and kind of go, I, I have to be there. I need to go up there. So there's my best stab at that question. The next one up is, is flying difficult? I've had a lot of conversations with non-aviation in non-aviation crowds birthday parties and celebrations and things where you have a mix of people who no connection to aviation and of course i usually bring it up or i'm wearing something that causes the conversation to start on purpose and uh, i've i've gleaned that people think you know flying's pretty hard unless you know a pilot flying a, an airplane can kind of seem out of reach or otherworldly and uh, kind of in keeping with that larger than life pilot shtick that Hollywood does. Um, The truth is piloting an aircraft is not especially difficult. Um, I've got a quote here from the Federal Aviation Regulations. Even the FAA says so. It's 23.2135 is in the airworthiness regs under controllability. It's a direct quote. The airplane must be controllable and maneuverable without requiring exceptional piloting skills, alertness, or strength within the operating envelope. All right? (laughs) Without requiring exceptional skill, 
alertness or strength. Yes, we're still going to beat our chest. We're going to wear our aviator shades and hold our head up high and uh, Captain America all over the place. But the truth is, no, it's not exceptionally difficult to fly an airplane. And it just is like any other thing you don't know how to do yet. A skill you're building, it requires some learning and some practice. And uh, hey, in learning to fly in aviation, there's a great deal of wisdom about how to best learn and what habits you need to create in order to be safe and competent and enjoy the adventure that is aviation. And that's what the flight training is for. So, you know, I might liken it to if you woke up one day and said, I think I'm going to learn to juggle. You're going to be pretty bad at it at first. It's going to seem difficult. But then once you learn it, it's going to seem not that difficult. And that's just how it is. All right. The next frequently asked question um, or comment or perception I hear a lot um, is, man, there's probably a lot of math. I'm not good at math. Um, I could never do that. I'm not good at math. Um, that's kind of a fallacy. Uh, engineers, yes, they use advanced math to design aircraft and create new wing designs. The advanced math is not something that carries over to the pilot, though. In fact, the math used in flight planning and navigation and all the other areas that pilots operate in, uh, you know, fuel, necessary fuel and takeoff performance and things like that, uh, that math is relatively basic. It's it's pretty simple math. Um, <laughs> and I, I make a, a, uh, an analogy in the article where I basically just analogize something you might do in an airplane, but I take it on the road in your automobile. So think about it this way. Here's, here's some kind of things you'd be doing with an airplane and in flying, mathematical kind of things. Um, if you're driving along on the interstate and, you know, you're thinking about, you're driving safety and lane changes and tracking your progress to your destination and your next off-ramp and thinking about where am I going to get food and kind of planning that out. You're busy, okay? You're working through stuff in your brain and, and being safe while driving. You really don't have time or mental space to do advanced math, right? Kind of similar in the airplane. Now, you can do some things like if you note the time at a mile marker on the interstate and then drive for an hour and note the time of the mile marker when you hit one hour, you can really easily calculate your miles per hour speed. In fact, you want to do that, you can check and see if your speedometer is, is accurate. It might not be. Um, additionally, if you note your odometer when filling your fuel tank, the next time you fill your fuel tank, take down your gallons, your odometer, and you can easily calculate your fuel burn in miles per gallon. The math you'll do as pilot in command won't be much more advanced than those two examples I just gave you. Seriously, there are lots of rules of thumb and things like that that are quick and dirty things you can use while flying to keep concentrating on flying. But yeah, math is not really a huge big deal. A quick sip of water. I'll come back and hit a couple of more. Well, one boogaboo, I would say, in the frequently asked questions, uh, can you learn to fly under that umbrella? In just a moment. All right, we're back. Airtime, a Sky Review podcast. Don Jones here, Sky Review Aviation. Skyreview.us is the website where you'll find all of the things 
for airtime podcast articles on uh, aviation things and uh, learn about how to get started in your flight training. Even if you don't live in my area in this uh, northeast corner of Texas, you can still pop over there and register on the website. I have a uh, relatively short orientation course on how to get your private pilot certificate. It basically goes through the steps and prerequisites you need to consider. And at the end, there's a downloadable sort of checklist formatted PDF, those things you can follow. All right. Okay. Hitting up some frequently asked questions, basically uh, under the umbrella of, can you learn to fly? Here's the big boogaboo. Is it safe? In short, yes. Yeah. You're accepting some risk in going aloft, but there are systematic ways to mitigate known issues and considerably enhance the safety of the flight by deploying those, those tactics. In fact, risk management is something that you'll study in your ground school and during flight training. Okay, you'll learn it academically, and then in flight training, you'll learn to apply it and bake that into your decision-making. All right, you'll learn to proactively implement best practices in your flying, and that will greatly enhance safety. By the way, engines are pretty darn reliable, but even when they quit, you'll be trained on what to do and how to command the airplane in that eventuality. But is it safe? In short, yeah. And then uh, I want to touch on a few things, and I've always found this compelling. They kind of changed my life, and these are beyond the curriculum and just some insight into what happens or can happen when you learn to fly or in the course of training. It may not be readily apparent. It's it's probably, I would say, intrapersonal uh, benefits of, of learning to fly. First off, self-esteem. Now, self-esteem is required Okay, but I wouldn't, I'm not really calling it a prerequisite. If you show up with a lot of self-esteem, that's great. If not, it's incumbent upon your instructor to help you develop it, find it, and build and maintain a positive self-image. When I started taking private pilot lessons, I did not have a huge reserve of self-esteem. And one of the things I found in learning to fly (laughs) was a greater reserve of self-esteem and a better self-image and on and on. So in my opinion, learning to fly offers a powerfully unique way to build self-confidence, self-esteem, self-image, positive self-image. Now, conversely, if you have, if you're one of those people who has an extra helping of self-image, uh, of self-esteem, maybe a little too much, you know, you know those people, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Flying has a way of helping you find humanity too. So it's almost like a bit of a governor. So if you get too big for your britches, flying has a way of going, oh, okay. Okay, calm down. Let's talk about, I'm calling this time and opportunity. That's kind of a phrase from Fundamentals of Instruction, but I'm sort of bending it into uh, looking at things that matter take time and attention. All right. And so in our modern era, there are a lot of things that are uh, under the entertainment umbrella, um, and then they kind of go out into the extreme of distraction and just sort of time wasters. You know what these things are. Uh, You know what I'm talking about. Unfortunately, many of these things aren't particularly fulfilling either. So they're taking your time, they're distracting, and not really maybe giving us that much. And I would say generally, I kind of said this, but the most rewarding things require time, attention, and commitment. Learning to fly is one of them. So learning to fly and using the skill engages all your senses. It requires significant concentration, continual learning offers a new community of friends, and much, much more. Being pilot in command is 
by the way, about leadership. And while you have internal and external resources, you're the one who decides the best course of action after considering options and context. It is you who assess the safety of the flight, take action to ensure optimal outcomes. In our modern world, this level of healthy intrapersonal practice is not that easy to find, I think. And what's more, you'll find it makes you better in every other area of life. And aviation is terribly analogous, and you'll find yourself using things you've learned and kind of outlooks and, and ways of assessing situations outside of aviation. I have, and you probably will too. All right, let's talk about health. When I started flying, I wasn't, I wouldn't say I was an unhealthy person necessarily, but I would say I probably had about the level of understanding of health and diet, nutrition, and exercise that a lot of people have. And dealing with my health in terms of aviation has caused me to have a whole different outlook on it. The health requirements for private pilot aren't particularly daunting, um, but you will find a motivation for assessing and managing your health likely, and, and life choices that affect your health. Um, you know, in this country, we have a sort of a dysfunctional relationship with health. Our healthcare system is good at treating problems after they've become a problem, uh, rather than optimal health along the way or preventative. So we're, we're really good in this country at fixing people. When things go really, really bad, we come to the rescue and do big things and do it well and, and succinctly. But if you think about that, in terms of piloting command, that's not really how you want to do things. You know, you have a motivation to maintain your third-class medical certificate or basic med, keep your flying privileges, basically. And so that's a great motivator for learning about diet and exercise and other things that give you every advantage possible in terms of your health and utility and capability. So that's something that's not necessarily explicitly stated that way in the curriculum, but... Uh, is sort of a general human positive thing, I think. All right. And then, of course, I don't want to go away from this without saying it's fun. The magical fun parts of aviation. Um, you know, the airplane is, is sort of like a time machine. And I make the case in the article that even a relatively slow one is essentially a time machine. I've flown some fairly slow airplanes from Texas to Wisconsin. And, you know, I arrived there just about, uh, after about a half day's effort, that's almost to Canada for crying out loud. And that's a slowish, pretty slow airplane. You can do some things with three day weekends. You can't do if you have to drive uh, and maybe not on the airlines either. I've done that too. My wife and I have done that. Texas to Santa Fe, New Mexico. We had a nice three day weekend uh, a few years ago. It was fun. And we were able to actually get in there and do some stuff and then come back home without too much duress. So, the other thing I've always loved is in flying general aviation, you'll find yourself making fuel stops in places you might not otherwise go. And I found some of these unremarkable places to be the opposite. Um, often these places, you might find interesting people, and those people can add character to your trip unexpectedly. Um, well, like in Santa Fe, I got a history lesson. We got a history lesson on uh, a part of Route 66 near Tucumcari, New Mexico. It was the guy at the airport who had fueled us up. He apparently used to have an auto repair shop up on uh, the Strip in the 50s. So he gave us kind of a picture of what it used to be like. And it was pretty priceless. All right, there's a few um, frequently asked questions plus some answers to them. 
So can you learn to fly? Certainly. More attainable than you may think. And again, people from all walks of life learn to fly. If you want to know more or ready to get started with your flight training, I'm ready. If you're not in my area, I'm in Tyler, Texas, Northeast Texas. Either way, though, you can do the little orientation. I basically cover in order the things that are required to, to get uh, get started. You can actually click on register on the uh, article, Can You Learn to Fly, uh, down at the bottom. And there's a short orientation under the student pilot course. But just You'll have to register to access it. It doesn't cost anything. That's it. Fly safe. Get started. If you're loitering, don't loiter. Get to it. Life short, time's a wasting. Okay. All right, check it out. Skyreview.us and Airtime Podcast there as well. And we're all on all of the social medias. Cheers. Four or five tango outside into two and a half miles on the ILS 13 full stop. Wind 130 or runway 13 by land.